the Endurance Asia podcast. Yo, pick your red up because things ain't that bad. Maybe you should switch the target that you're aiming at. Believe perfection is a beast that they'll never catch. So never waste another day because life moves so fast. And a dream without pursuing, yo, they never last. Another shadow of regret I try to never cast. And always tell a truthful story if they ever ask. Stop the complaining because things ain't that bad. Hello, welcome to the 50th episode of the Endurance Asia podcast. I'm your host, Scott Pugh, and it's been a while getting this episode out. Uh, apologies for the delay, but we've been extremely busy, um, and we've been sitting on this one for a little bit. We've uh, we, we've had the pleasure of chatting with Tomokazu Iharasan once again, the third or maybe fourth time we've had on the Endurance Asia podcast. We caught up with Tomo very soon after his Barclay marathons, which shows how long we've been uh, we've been stalling on this episode, but. Content's still great, the story's still amazing, and uh, he put in a valiant effort once again at his third attempt at the Barclays. Um, and yeah, really great, really great to catch up with Tomo and hear what he's been up to over the over the last few years, which uh, he's still been churning out his hundred miles, maybe not at the pace that he uh, he was, but uh, yeah, still still stomping them out. Um, so yeah, fifty episodes down. We always say this, we're up for like publishing a few more. We've got quite a few lined up. We do have a couple lined up that are going to come um, in, in quick succession uh, over the next couple of weeks. So do look out. As always, make sure that you subscribe. Any comments and uh, and reviews are always well received. Um, so with that, let's bring back Mr. Tomokazu Ihara-san. Tell the truthful story if they ever ask. Stop the complaining because things ain't that bad. Tomokazai Harrison, welcome back to the Endurance Asia podcast. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me for the third time. Third time. It's actually the fourth time we had oh, you it's on. The fourth time. Yeah, it's the third time, just a one on one. But then we did have you on the Backyard Ultras World Champs that went on 20, October 2020. So it has been almost a year and a half. But yeah, it's good to have you back on just talking specifically about. About yourself, Tomo-san, and your story, and um, obviously Barclays that you've just returned from, and all, uh, and yeah, really keen to get a full update on what you've been, um, what you've been up to. It's also our fiftieth episode, so we've had a bit of a fallow year, a bit of a quiet year. I've like had newborn babies. We've all been very busy and stuff, but we're bringing it back now. And so I couldn't think of anyone better to have have on for the fiftieth episode. Nice, congrats with your new baby and. Um... I've run 5,900 miles, so I, I guess I'm on the lead by nine. <laughs> 59 now. Okay. Okay. Because I was trying to work out. So, um, I mean, let, let's kick off there. So, I mean, the last time we, we caught up properly was in um, uh, October 2019 when we met in person in Tokyo. And I remember you laying out some pretty ambitious plans. I forget what number you must have been up at that. I think you had just crossed the 50 mark. I might be, uh, I'm sure you've got your... Um, yeah, you can cast your mind back now. But um, at that stage, you were planning to do some of the big long trails in the in the US. I don't know whether it was like the the PCT or um, or or a couple of uh, you were you were quite keen to take on some of the long trails in the US. Obviously, a pandemic came on, and so that kind of put paid to to that idea. But but yeah, what have you been up to in the last couple of years, Tommy? 
Yeah, so um, since the pandemic, uh, my kind of um, races has been slowing down, of course, because the cancellation of the races. So um, I've been trying to improve my performance, um, just being under the water and see what's going on in the world. And if I have a chance to uh, run a race, I'm there just ready uh, to go for it. And um, um, I've been taking on like backyard ultra and um, that's getting pretty big in Japan. So we only had the last sunrise standing um, uh, in 2019. We now have uh, five backyards in Japan right now. Okay, so so yeah, you're, this is obviously being the race director of the uh, of the last samurai standing, which is a really cool mm-hmm. name, by the way. Um, the your because the first one you did, you say it was in 2019 was the first one you did, mm-hmm. and this is obviously race directing. I because I was actually just thinking, uh, it would probably be quite a good format for you, Thomas. Son, have you ever run a backyard ultra anywhere? Um, no, I haven't. You've just race direct. Any reason you've not gone and uh, yeah, you're not decided to run one? Yeah, um, no, I'm taking the, I'm doing the race director in, in Japan. So um, that's why I haven't been doing it in Japan. As I wasn't sure if a race director um, um, should be running <laughs> and doing the race directing at the same time. And I, I don't want to ruin people's dreams by me winning. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, uh, yeah, you have to go and do one overseas, though, for sure. You'd have to go and, um, yeah, at some point, you because know, I mean, it's a, it's, I think it's an easy miler for you, right? You'd, uh, you'd be able to check one off. Uh, if you do a double miner, would you count it as like uh, two hundred miles as part of your quest for a hundred miles, hundred times? Um, no, I just normally count it as one. Uh, yeah, you know, um, I so instead of doing the Appalachian Trail and the Cascade, um, the the PCT right. that. Um, the pandemic, um, just I wasn't able to do because of the pandemic. I tried to do the Tokaido, Tokai Shizen Hodo Trail in Japan. That's from Tokyo to Osaka, going through like um, trails, um, going through about seven um, prefectures in Japan. And um, that's about a thousand and a hundred kilometers. So 1100 kilometers. And um, Due to um, injury, I wasn't able to finish it, but um, I, I was planning to count that as one rather than 800 miles. Yeah, yeah. How far did you get on that one? Did you at least get a um, miler in on that? Yeah, 450, 450. Wow. And that was a DNF, but um, I did um, count it as a, a 100 mile. Yeah. Has, has anyone ever, like, is, it, is there an FT, FKT on that trail or have people done the full trail before? Yes, yes. A lot of hikers yeah. do it. Um, yeah. and, uh, the, there is a FKT for the trail runners. And um, I, as far as I know, I know four people has, no, three people has done it. Fourth, including me. And um, the time was about 13 days. Okay. Okay. And did you have a full support crew as well? So you got like just under halfway, but was was your wife supporting you, your wife and your daughter supporting you on it or one of your friends or? Yeah, um, my, my um, teammates and one of my guys who I coach online was um, able to support me. Um, yeah, so there yeah. was multiple people that were supporting uh, myself. What, what happened with the injury on, on, on that route? I did have some things going on with myself and I, I wasn't fully recovered. So um, that came out um, during the 
run. So um, yeah. the, these things uh, you need to prepare really beforehand and your, your support crew is taking days off with work and um, you have this fixed date. And um, I was, I do online coaching and I am a coach for a running, running team and had things going on with my um, calendar. So that was the only kind of the week that I was able to do it. So I just took it a go, but the, the kind of injury came up. So, yeah. yeah. But you say it it's a beautiful still, route. Still I, I, was it very hilly as well? I'm sure if you're sort of like, yeah, crossing from Tokyo to Osaka, there is, um, yeah, there are plenty of hills in the way there. Yeah. Um, within the thousand kilometers it has about forty-seven thousand meter of elevation whoa okay yeah so that, that's Let's like 100 100 kilometers with four thousand five hundred meter of elevation yeah so it's a kind crazy. of decent decent trail all the way yeah beautiful so so tell me what and because you've always had your uh your uh tour de tomo as well which is your um your local miler that you get people to come and join what other 100 milers have you got under your belt over the last couple of years tomo because i know without um, races it's like quite difficult but you've also got quite a few of your own organized um organized 100 milers that 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 count towards the the challenge yeah other than that there was no races so i was mainly doing like three badass 100 miles that that was um directed with my friend uh, which was one was in um takao where i i live in tokyo and another one in kyoto um and then another one in shimane prefecture and the shimane prefecture is doing uh, a 1.5k for 109 loops <laughs> which was pretty pretty hard um the kyoto one is um you do five loops going along the river of kyoto kamogawa and then going you basically do a Kyoto tour and yep. then going to going through shrines and mountains and you overlook the um, the city of the Kyoto and um, day and night and, and it's really, really cool. Um, yeah, the Fukuro 100 is just backyard of my house. So that, that was cool to be running um, there. Um, that was like a 13K um 11, 11 loops and I did uh, 12 loops I did yeah yeah so so you're up to you're up to 59 now then uh, are you at the stage you would want to be um what what is the because I think you like to do between like three a year right three to five hundred miles yep. a year is the goal yeah if you were to do say on average four a year you've got um yeah you've got another uh, like 10 years to get it done by that rationale are you kind of do you feel like you're on track for your 100 miles 100 times yeah um it's been slowing down but um i'm not in a rush um i'm not trying to um, make a japanese record or anything it's just i want to enjoy what i can do at that moment i've been doing like some some years i've been doing like nine or ten hundred miles <laughs> Yeah, year but that was kind of crazy and i i love those years that where i try to do it because uh i have always been willing to do the grand slam in the states and i was trying to uh imitate doing like 400 miles in like three months and just see how fatigue i get and uh, how, how how i respond to that and those were the years and um yeah i'm getting more more and more maybe picky <laughs> about my um choosing my 100 miles yeah 
And so what ones have you uh, have you got picked out at the moment then? Have you got, um, I mean, we'll get into one that you've just attempted, which is your, I want to say your nemesis, but it's more, it's more like, I, I suppose it's your kind of your Everest, your life goal, your your big one, and we'll get into Barclays. But um, for this year, do you have, um, do you, have you like, uh, have you planned out, uh, um, especially now the world's opening up and races are opening up? Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, my, my plan is to get into Western States. Um, I've been failing with the Wall Street for more um, seven seven times now. So okay. I think, cross fingers, I think I'll get a chance next year. So that means if I'm in Western States, I'm going to go for the Grand Slam, which is the Western States, Vermont, Leadville, and Wasatch. Um, yep. I, I just want to include the uh, Western States within uh, my Grand Slam, um, because um, the most of the um, guys who are in the kind of top 10 within the finishing time, the, the fast known finishing times for four races are doing those four, um, including the Western States. So I want to take a shot and see how I can do that, because my goal is um, under 80 hours. Um, so um and so not, that, that's for next year, but for this year, um, I just did the Barclay and then um, I'm currently injured. So I'm not sure if I'm going to do the Sainokuni 100, which is in May. Um, if not, uh, I'll be running the Shiets Five Mountain Trails um, in September and then trying the Tokai Shizen Hodo um, FKT, which I wasn't able to finish last year. So I'll take a t- shot in that to do the FKT. Um, and wow. I think that's that's a kind of a full plate for me with all the things going on. For sure. Yeah. I mean, I think when we when we first met that your all of your sort of um, other busy, you, you were still kind of in the transition from going from like a, um, a sort of a, from the corporate world into full-time sort of running and then starting up your coaching and and it, and obviously like the coaching has been uh really busy for you but we'll talk a bit about the the race organizing as like uh the, the race directing so it kind of it started with the last samurai was the was the last samurai standing was the first race you directed i understand um like i like a big race Offici- thing, yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah i mean obviously Official. you had your tour de tomo where people would just come and join you to do 100 miles but in terms of people and uh, uh, like an official type of race that was your that was mm-hmm. your first one yes correct yeah yeah and the the world champs that they had um october 2020 which is the last time we had you on and there was it was an amazing format in terms of Obviously, people couldn't travel to the um, the US for the bigs um, at that time, or it was difficult to. So they came up with the idea of having um, a, a at the same time and running all around the world the same races all, all year round, and it was it was fascinating to follow. Obviously, we had Jerry Chua did one in Singapore. Um, I think that was um, and to use organized one in Japan. I believe there was one in India as well. Um, and, um, and I think maybe one in Australia, but obviously around the rest of the world, I think the, uh, that on that um, day, the, um, the team in Belgium were, um, were the ones that kind of like just uh, amazed everyone Um I think it was a slightly easier route than the one in Tennessee. In the, um, uh, but yeah, the Japanese team did did pretty well then. I seem to remember there was like 
a um yeah like a good like 50 or so laps i think that um uh that they that they got round in that time um um you're supposed to have like 10 guys in your uh, 15 guys in your team uh, we were only able to get 10 so we were kind of five short from the start so uh in ways of competing against the world against the total number of loops the guys did um we weren't able to um get to the kind of the top top three but uh, our guys did uh, 43 and 40 the winner did the 43 loops and um, the assist was doing 42 that was kind of exciting to see I'm sorry, I said 2019, but uh, yes, it was 2020. I started to organize these last summer races, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because the first one was when the, there was like the whole virtual thing was kicking off in, um, uh, yeah, like 2020 when there was a, yeah, a lot of virtual races around the world. But you did have a couple of, um, but the, the winners from the, um, the World Champs version in October 2020 obviously got a place to go in and join last year in the um in the sort of world champs actually in um Lazzy's backyard in t in Tennessee right so um and the top two from Japan made it out to to the race correct um the the winner of um the the big dogs so it's called the satellite event because yeah. it's and doing um, the, the same time all, all around, around the world. So that guy wasn't able to go with the COVID and uh, with the work schedules. Um, um, but um, other runners who had already won um, our last samurai, um, because our last samurai was considered as the silver ticket to go to the, the winner can go directly to uh, the big. So mm -hmm. those guys were able to go and um Terumichi, who did a really great job um, last year, um, was on the at-large list. And with the pandemic, people canceling their travels, he was able to um, get into um, the, 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 the list. And then um, um, he was able to uh, do a good run. Yeah, I mean, a good run is like putting it putting it lightly. I mean, in any other year would have been a world record. I think he got exactly. um, uh, eighty. Was it um, eighty one or eighty three um, mm -hmm. yards that he um, he got in? And um, yeah, I heard some great stories of him competing with Harvey Lewis, them like sprinting up hills and just uh, um, and really sort of challenging each other, pushing each other. Um, were you following it closely at the time, Tomo? You must have been pretty proud seeing him get to that kind of that, that kind of level. Do you yeah, coach him as uh, well? No, I don't coach um, Terumichi. Um, I was constantly talking with um, Kana-san, who is uh, who was supporting Terumichi during the event. So she once Terumichi was on, on their goal, we kind of had some messenger communication and. Um, she gave me a call sometimes and I had a chance to talk to Laz at that moment with a video call uh, during the event. And um, yeah, it was kind of cool to hear um, the atmosphere during the, a video call with, you know, the, the, the whistle. Um, um, you, you, there, so there's a three minute whistle that blows three times and two minute whistle. You hear that in the background and it's kind of cool to hear that. And um, yeah, um, talking to Terumichi one minute before uh, going to his um, his loop was pretty amazing. And um, after the after my call, 
um, he had fallen and then he wasn't able to uh, make make the the time. So I, I felt a little bit <laughs> sorry for him because I may have done something bad talking to him and he wasn't able to make the cutoff at that time, which was like 82 or 83. Uh, yeah. yeah, I'm just looking at his, uh, it was uh, the 81st, um, he missed the 81st. cutoff for the 81st lap. Um, by uh by 30 seconds as well but yeah he actually like uh, i mean the the story goes that he lost consciousness obviously you've spoken to him but did he actually like knock himself out for a little bit was he was he in a pretty a pretty bad way after or did he recover yeah, okay um, um he doesn't speak the english so um the people who saw him said saw he was losing conscious but he knew that after I told him and when we were speaking on the phone that um, he realized that that was a situation. Um, he, he, so he didn't know until he, I, I told him that he, you fell and you lose conscious and that's why you weren't able to make it. So that's how incredible <laughs> that he, he was going on that. So over the limit that, yeah. At that point, you you don't know what you're doing, or yeah, I haven't been in that stage. So yeah, like Will, have you heard of Will? Yeah, we, I mean, we had Will on the podcast, and we talked about yeah. his one where where he just like almost just like fell into a bush, like just got lost and fell asleep in a bush, pretty much. And um, yeah, yeah. It, I mean, it's th but three days of no sleep and uh, well, three days and and eight hours is just. It just boggles the mind. What's it actually like being a race director of that, Tomo? Like, I actually think, obviously, it's very difficult to run it. But actually, I like. Would you have little naps when you were doing race directing on the um on the the last uh, um last Samurai Standing? Um, yes, uh, and we have like two teams that are are on like nine nine hour schedules. Got so, you. Um, yeah, a, a, a team, B team, and then they do nine hour and then off nine hour and nine hour. So yeah. um, they get a, a time to eat and um, do their own thing and then um, sleep at least six hours. So in the in previously, we did it in like six hour turns, mm. but that was like too short because once you get off and you're not able to even sleep like three hours. So that's why we made it nine. And I think nine was the kind of the right number that yeah. we're, we're doing right now. And so, um, yeah, um, the team gets to sleep, uh, but when it's getting exciting, um, because it always gets exciting when it gets to the last two, Yeah, because in the past, um, the guy Terumichi and Yoshida san, the year which Yoshida san beat Terumichi, they went on for 17 hours. Just the two of them. The two of them. Mm. <laughs> like, I mean, that, that was incredible. And um, Terumichi coming back like three seconds into. So, yeah, that year, um, Terumichi came in about. Um, um, three seconds or six seconds at the 51st loop. Yeah. And then the whistle blows and he needs to go. Straight back and, out. Yeah. And then um, he lasted for 53, but that was like breathtaking. Uh, like it was in the middle of the night and um, 
everyone's cheering, but once he comes in, everybody becomes quiet, and you only hear Teramichi like breathing like he was running a hundred meters, <laughs> uh, and like everyone's seeing, is he okay? Is he okay? And then once he stands up and he moves to his next loop, everyone cheers again, and then. <laughs> <laughs> i mean yeah it, it's amazing to um yeah to, to think that he he did that and then he he's he strikes me as someone that's just got this crazy amount of willpower that um it's almost like out of body like he's he's not actually his mind is somehow like looking over him just forcing himself to keep on going keep on going because any person that was in their sane mind would go this is crazy i need to pull out here i need to stop like i've literally only finished a lap with three seconds to go i don't have a chance to get food drink refuel rest or anything and i'm straight back out again after already having done two and a half days it's um yeah it's and and knowing him what what's he like and, and i suppose both of them what what are they sort of like uh are they, are they really good runners on on different kind um on different type of running routes as well or is are they just really fine-tuned to um to backyard ultra um they're really good at um distances so so when you look at their resume um you you won't see their names in the top 10 with, with like 100k or 100 miles but once yeah. you see once the distance goes 200 miles, 300k, 400k, they're always in the top. You know, they're they're they've won a lot of the races, and um, yeah, Terumichi's it has been uh, the fourth continuous champion for the Okisaba race, which is and going around um, Okinawa's uh, island um, for about 300 to 400 kilometers, and um, that's known as a very hard one, and. Um, Yoshida-san has been winning and been second and um, very competitive in the 300 uh, kilometers, 400 kilometer races. So when I was, um, so I'm, I'm, my background is a trail runner. So um, like 100 miles is my kind of distance. So um, I didn't know these guys until I kind of organized this backyard. So you see all the strong competitive the trail runners kind of falling apart and um they say Yoshida-san is a badass he <laughs> is a badass and then I didn't know them so I started to google them and tried to see their resume in the um, internet and I it was like I had good like chicken bumps or goose bumps when I saw their names in those 200 300 400 kilometers Oh, oh, these guys are, must be strong. They, you, you don't see their names in a 100K race, but suddenly after the distance goes up, oh my God, it's their field. They're, yeah, they're favorites. And um, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's almost a different sport. Like running 100K is different to running a marathon or even uh, like or, or a half marathon distance. It's like very different people are like a, a, a and different type of athletes are more attuned to it. But yeah, the 300, 400K and beyond is, um, yeah, it's, it's just a whole different world. And you've since expanded the um, the um, Last Samurai Standing across um, a few other cities now, right? So you've got, have you got four or five? Um, five, five at the moment. And, and it's the main race you're race directing. Yeah. So what, what are all the races that you've, uh, that you're directing this year? 
Um, so Tokyo Prefecture, Guma Prefecture, Fukushima Prefecture, Kyoto, and Shimane are the five that I'll be um, organizing this year again. And um, yeah, those winners will be um, selected as one of uh, for for the satellite event that will happen in 2024 because we're doing the satellite event, the world championship, mm -hmm. um, country versus country yeah. online. That's going to happen this year in 2022. So the year, this year's backyard event will all, all be for 2024, uh, selected for the 2024. So we have the big dogs backyard, which is the individual championship yeah. once in two years. And we have the satellite event, which is a world championship once in two years. So they're, they're all uh, in two years. So each year you'll have the big dogs and the satellite, big dog and satellite. But for us, um, trying to um, have these guys um, selected for the big dogs backyard, um, we're like two years in advance and trying to, trying to select the team for the satellite event. And then the sat if you win the satellite event, in Japan, you're going to be selected for the Big Dogs Backyard Ultra. So, um, Got you. in the past, it wasn't such so big. Um, that's why our last samurai, if you win it, you just get in directly to the Big Dogs Backyard. However, now we have like 200, 300 backyards ultra in the world. They need, so Laz made a rule that. Um, each country should have their own silver ticket events. And once they win their silver ticket events, we're going to have the satellite event within the country. And those winners within that country in the satellite event will be um, um, going to the big dog's backyard. Yeah. Right. And how many people will get to go? Will it just be, will there be the top two out of the five races? Or, or will it be up to five people from the, uh, yeah, the winner of each one? Each country should only have one person. It will only be one person, yeah. So with your five, just so I'm clear, you will have, um, will you have the four races and then the top people from those four races will then go and run a, um, like a, a kind of Japan championships and then the, the exactly. winner of the Japan exactly. championships will get to go. Okay, got you. Exactly. Got you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. I've still we, we talk about um, the backyard ultras a lot on here, and I think Jerry's planning to do another one down in um, in uh, in Singapore at some point soon. I I'm like you. I I kind of would like to give it a go at some point, but I I don't. Yeah, I I also can't. It can't be that good for you doing three and a half days of uh, of running. I mean, I don't um um what what he was like after. I mean, was um yeah was uh. Was Teramuchi, um, was he like, did he recover okay after that when you caught up with him when he got back to Japan? Yeah, um, he did the big dog's backyard and um, did 81 loops. And then a month after that, he was running the Kyoto Big Backyards Ultra and he, he won it. And <laughs> That's it was crazy. <laughs> That means, um, yeah, he was uh, he was quite in a good shape. Yeah, that's uh, that that's impressive. Um, so, and outside of the um, outside of the five um, last summer I standing, do you have you got any other races that you're organising this year? I know that you do the 
the Tour de Tomo. I think you had one recently, right? But uh, is there any more sort of official races that you've got uh, got coming up for this year? Um, no, that's the only ones that I have this year. The Tour de Tomo is normally 100 miles, but I, I'm going to uh, do a pre, pre-event um, alpha, alpha version of doing a TDT 200-mile event. Um, so that would be cool to see if people can achieve that goal. And the, the, the cutoff is 48 hours. So that means 24 hour, 100 mile in a 24 hours, which is a, a big deal. So yeah. let's see if people can finish that. Yeah, that's good. Um, and it, but it's quite, a, it's quite a hilly course as well, isn't it? The Tour de Tomo, which is um, close to where you, where you live. And, um... Um, it has a mountain section, but um, you just run along the river for um, the, the, the course is 100k on the river and um, the rest is the mountain and the mountain yeah. elevation is 1700 so the total okay. elevation for the mile is 1700 so th- not not that much not too um, bad but, yeah, yeah. Um, if you're not good on road <laughs> it's gonna suck <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> Yeah, 100k on road is is uh, is never yeah it's not going to be easy. I, I talking about 200 miles, it's not quite 200 miles, but the Hong Kong Four Trails uh, went on recently. It's 300 kilometers, so just short of 200 miles. Um, you uh, obviously would have been invited back last year had you been able to travel Hong Kong as being a, a previous finisher and um, uh, of the uh, of the challenge. Um, did you consider doing quarantine in Hong Kong and, or, or, um, and going back this year, or is there plans to sort of go and do it again in the future? Yeah, two weeks or three weeks quarantine is kind of too much. So um, I agree. Yeah, I that I like to um, roll over uh, whenever I can um, go there again. So um, it's a pity that um, you get, I wasn't able to go to for two, two years now. It was it'll be really cool to see all the all the friends in Hong Kong and see Andre and Paper. Yeah, that's what I miss. Yeah, no, it was a it was a fantastic follow again again this year. Um, so Tomo, amazing. Yeah. Onto um onto the Barclays, which. I suppose the Hong Kong Four Trails is kind of like it's been a bit of an inspiration for um, uh, like Barclays has been inspiration for that. But um, you were out there having missed out in um, in 2021 and it was cancelled in 2020. You got back for your third time this year. And just to confirm, actually, yeah, you didn't last time you were there was um, was 20, 2019, right? Um, was the last time that you. Yeah. Um, Correct. And my, my first one was 2018, and the last one was 2019. Yeah. Yes. So, um, so third time, third time's a charm. Um, tell <laughs> us. Um, so, had you been training? Had you had a good training block going into it? Yeah. Um, I I was training pretty well, and then at the end of um, December, when I was doing the uh, the badass 100 mile, I, I took a fall and. Um, it wasn't it was okay um at the time of the uh, event and uh, after the event um i went to the doctor it was a a bone bruise um that was my first time to have a bone bruise um so it was um um i I stopped um training um before the barclay so i wasn't running for about three to four weeks before the barclay 
in that terms, um, I was a little bit disappointed that I couldn't get my final <laughs> training uh, before the Barclay. But um, rather than having a sore knee during the Barclay, which that means you're not going to finish, I, I took three, three, four weeks off. I was on my bike, indoor bike, doing um, aerobic training uh, for the event. Once I got to Tennessee, this time I, I took um, 10 days. I went 10 days prior to the event. And then I was walking on the course where you can go, where you're allowed to go. And I didn't have the pain while I was walking. So that kind of took something out of my chest that, okay, okay, uh, I'm going to run Berkeley. Yeah. So even when you got there, you weren't 100% sure if you, would, uh, if you were going to race? Yes. So, yeah. You, you thought you'd just see how, see how you go when you got there. And so, just to remind us why you're not able to actually explore the whole course. Is that just Laz's Raw or is it actually sort of private land that you're not supposed to be on? Or what's the reason you can't sort of like recce around other parts of the course? Yeah, um, the parts, um, you're not allowed to go. So it's a state park called Frozen Head State Park in um, Tennessee, uh, a town called Fortburg. Um, so it's a normal state park. So there's like signs and stuff. It's a very beautiful park with um, a lot of good scenery. And um, so it's a normal park. So you can go on the on trail. But um, just going outside is out of the park anyway. And um, and even though there's parts that you you're you get you're going inside the park, which is off trail, is um, um, forbidden because uh, you're, you're, you're going to be ruining in the nature as well. So we don't want a lot of the people uh, going off course and also finding out where the book is. Where the um, books are beforehand is, bit, bit, is cheating effectively. Yeah. yeah. So that's why um, you're not allowed. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you got there. there. There was quite the lineup um this year when getting there and a lot of people they don't announce everyone that's going to be running some people want to sort of keep it quiet beforehand and it's only actually on the actual day that you're able to see all of the people competing um but were, were there you got there 10 days before did you see like people start to um yeah that were starting to join over the course of the uh, those 10 days and i can imagine it was a pretty good um atmosphere at the at the camp there and uh, quite a lot of excitement and surrounded by some some pretty impressive runners um so i guess i was the first guy on camp with 10 days prior um i really wanted to kind of nail it you know um with the navigation and stuff it was made me sure that i really know the park um so um i think i was the first guy but i did see guys coming into park start camping and start to go on the trail from um, um, I guess a, a week to five days prior to race and definitely three days to prior to the race, almost a lot of, almost all of the kind of the runners should have been in park, checking out the course and stuff. Um, yeah. And, um, it's like me going to Disneyland, you know, um, Laz is the Mickey Mouse and Frozen Ed is the Donald Duck. And, um, you have all these guys so those were like super ultra runners in the past those are, have been holding this event since 1986
there's a like a book called the tales from out there and you see all those names and those guys are like they have a big tummy right now but they've been on the course doing fun runs and doing awesome stuff so it's cool to see those guys and hear the story that uh, they have accomplished in the past yeah was there outside of the sort of um people that had run in, in the past was there anyone at the start line that you were kind of um in awe of or i mean you had the likes of uh, of john john kelly there who's obviously he's attempted five times finished once i think or um but i mean yeah courtney dewater there's just so many incredible runners there like did you do you get a bit starstruck tomo i mean um yeah what's it like hanging out the start line and just running the course with them um, with some of these sort of like idols of the ultra running community yeah it's cool it's very very cool to see people that you've been seeing on social media just in front of you and um, you're kind of running together on the same course. Yeah, I really got excited um, seeing those guys. And um, the, the field was very strong this time. You know, if you see all those runners' resumes, um, they've been winning races and they've accomplished a lot of stuff. And um, yeah, um, it was kind of cool to talk to them before and of course after the race and becoming friends with them yeah I, th I think there was like 40 or so people that that started and and yeah you didn't get off to the best start did you tomo no yeah so um after book one so this this um the first loop was clockwise and um book one was a new book normally book one uh, you're not really you're, you're not really you're you're real uh, you're you're with a lot of people because it's the first book so you're not kind of finding it on your own but after book one um i went down to find the uh, book two uh, which and just down. to clarify so the you say it's a new book and just to clarify i mean a lot of people know about the barclay marathons but i think there's a total of 13 books um what's the total number of books 14. they have on the 14 um, and this year they had 14 got you and for each one of you you're given a bib number and you just need to tear out the page that correlates with the bib number that you're given for each one of these books and you you've got maps of the course that you're carrying with you as well but like obviously there is complete orienteering there's no um it's a set route um but the books move around every or some of the books move around every year so when you say book one was a new book you mean it had been transitioned or it'd been moved into a new spot within like how close would it be to the sort of like original spot that it would have been in that um at that checkpoint um about a mile or less maybe less than a mile um 0 0.5 miles or so, so Got apart. but yeah. um it's it's just under a rock <laughs> in the forest <laughs> yeah and obviously you've got the map with the actual with the actual coordinates where it is but but still it's like with no GPS and with no, um, yeah, you, you still have to orienteer your way to that spot, right? Yeah. So you have a written description um, other than the map um, yeah. and you need to read that. And that, that description is well written. So in, 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 your, in the past years, I saw like guys don't have even, even don't have the map not reading i guess they might have the map in their pack but they're not looking at the map but looking at the description and yeah. um, finding the books that's how pretty accurate 
um, this um, written description is. But if you're a virgin looking at this description, it's like, what the hell is this talking about? <laughs> <laughs> it's gibberish. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but um, once you go to the books and figure out where they are, this description really, really makes sense, you know? Yeah. So yeah. Um, that's kind of um, the kind of so, part about the Barclay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So you found the first book and you're on the way to, to the second. And then um, there's a ridge called the Checkmate Ridge. Um, and then while I was going down there, I took a fall, bad fall and I, I hit my left knee um, on a rock. And um, I was wearing long pants, but I, I could see the bleed coming out from my long pants. And I knew it was a kind of a bad hit. Um, I, my, my, my knee that was injured be before going to the race was my right knee. So it was my left knee that I injured during the race. So I thought it was just going to even up, you know. <laughs> I was kind of still positive there. If I have a bad right knee and I get injured my left knee, okay, that's like a plus minus zero, right? <laughs> so um, I, I, I took, it took me a while to kind of start running again. So I was limping a bit. And then once it kind of eased in, um, I started running. But um, normally um, for Barclay, it's very ideal to kind of find, a, find the right runner that will match your pace and be together and finding books um, because um, it's better to have two brains rather than one or three brains rather than one if that guy knows what he's doing. Um, so um, a lot of the versions try to um, tag make along, a, make a date. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Find a date with a veteran. Um, but if you're together with veterans, like like good runners that have done like fun runs or more than a fun run or a finisher like John Kelly, if you're, you're able to kind of catch up with them, it's always good to stay with them because you can learn from them at the time of the race as well. What kind of line they take to find the book and um, um, you're, you're talking with them and, and stuff. Yeah. So, so who were you running with? um during that that first loop um i wasn't i i wasn't running with anyone because i wasn't able to catch up with my bad knee so i saw guillaume who did the fun run uh, twice and jasmine paris in front of me um those two two were together and i kind of saw them in the kind of their backs but um after like book four or five um i lost them um I wasn't trying to catch up with him. Um, I, I couldn't. I couldn't do much faster with this knee. So I, I told myself, "Okay, that's what it is." And this year, <laughs> I don't have a date, so um, I'm just gonna find it on my own. Um, so my plan was to uh, pick a date and um, have someone to run with. And I, I did. I did have people I was picking that I wish I could be with them. But on the other hand. The last two years, 2018 and 2019, I was constantly with someone um, trying to find a book, uh, mostly. And um, this year, 
I really had confidence with my navigation, practicing navigation in Japan, uh, night and especially the night navigation. And I know the park so well now. I wanted to be on my own to kind of find the books. And then um, that time has come because I can't catch up with them. So I started to find the books on my own. And um, yeah, finding the books on your own is something really special. It's completely different than what you do together with someone because, um, yeah, you need to do everything, the navigation correct and, um, um, yeah, everything on your own. So it was a very, very good experience um, to, to find the books on your own. It was something special that I felt like uh, I can't express how the, the, the first year I when I found the book in 2018 I was it was like wow this is like a dream I found my book and I'm ripping the pages but this year with my third attempt just finding that book on your own is I had a much more feeling that I was doing something special you know yeah re- really rewarding I mean I think for rewarding, like most yeah. most um orienteering or adventure racing it would always be minimum teams of two. So like when, when you're doing that kind of navigation, you need someone to, that's also checking the map as well. And that you can say, I, I think this and just have someone to bounce ideas off and to be able to like correct you if you're wrong, or just to have a co-pilot as they call it. And there's no room for error if you're on your own, right? Um, you don't, you don't have anyone to be able to like bounce ideas off or, so if you do it all right, there's, you know, there's only one person to pat on the back, but then there's only one person to blame if you, if you get it wrong as well. Right. So, um, yeah, I can, I can imagine that was a, a pretty, um, a pretty rewarding experience going around the, the full, the full loop on your own and no navigational mistakes on the whole of the first loop. They were like, to... Bam, 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 really went well. I felt really good on that one. Um, yeah. So I have, you know, the written descriptions. Um, some of the books are the same place as um, previous years. So the description um, are kind of similar. So I, I, I have this information from in my, in my head, from my heart. So I have that all in my head. I don't need to re- read it because, so when I'm going da- down to find book four, I know there's like two, you're going down, um, uh, uh, kind of a, uh, a ridge or a crest um, called the meat grinder. Then you're going down this and you have like two rivers coming from your left and um, one coming from your le- right after that. And then um, you're following this river. And once you hit the confluence of the river that you're following and the right one coming in, um, you'll, you'll see uh, a delta zone. And then you f- when you face that delta zone, there's like, uh, uh, two big trees that are like six six feet apart and on the right hand side 
there's like two rocks leaning together and there's going to be a book in there. Like I have everything in my hand. Yeah, and that is the exact description. I, Cause I know when we talked before that you would like have dreams about Barkley, you would dream being on the course, you would dream about the course, mm -hmm. you would constantly look at the maps. You would be um, obsessed about it. Right. And you feel that obsession over the years has just helped sort of like imprint all of this on your mind. I'm just looking beside you on the video. Is that, um, is that, I know you've got map in front of you, but is the map to the right? of you is that uh barclays one or yeah uh, yeah this yeah. one here yeah this one is the plain plain barclay one um that doesn't have the course on it but i i constantly look at this map i have a i put the gps on a, a 3d printer and then i have a, a plastic uh plastic map uh, 3d printer course of the Barclay marathons can you can you see um, oh yeah wow okay yeah, yeah it shows all the hills and stuff yeah and, yeah uh, like if i'm on the computer looking at like topo maps and yeah. then i can be on there like for like 10 hours straight and just be looking at okay there is there seemed to be a, a pond near this ridge where i haven't been so if i get there there should be a pond about the size of a, a 25 meter pool and stuff like that so i'm putting all that on my map which is not on on the plane map just to yeah. make sure i know every details of the of the course because if you go to google map you can see the uh, satellite view and the, um, all kinds of views and i change and swap the views and make sure if there if the, the old trail on the map is, is still exists from the google satellite view and stuff so doing all that stuff i just just could, can go to dig into details as as much as i want how much of the course is actually on trail as opposed to kind of bushwhacking i would say maybe one third would be on course yeah and yeah uh, two-third would be of course yeah 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 uh, there there's like places that you can really run um really fast um but um that's very limited because the um the elevation of the whole event is about um 2004 to uh, 24 000 meter of elevation if you were to do the five loops, so it's about yeah. 5,000 meters yeah. per, per loop. 5,000 yeah. meter elevation per loop. 4,400 to 4,800 per loop. And per loop should be around like 40K to 42K, I think. Yeah, so like 25 miles or so. Oh, no, sorry, a bit less, uh, bit less than that. Sorry, yeah, about 20 miles. More than miles. 100 miles, I think, I think. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, no, I, I know that the actual distance, I mean, no one can take a GPS on the route to be able to map out the distance. And all, and often a lot of people do get lost a bit and or, or do a lot of back and forth trying to find a book in uh, in one specific area, right? Um, yeah. So you got to the end of the first lap and you like it sounded like you just had a dream run, apart from having the bad knee and the bum knee. And you, you spent a couple of hours in camp, fueling, resting. Like, um, was that the plan? Did you want to just try and fix up the knee in that um, in that transition time? So um, um, I finished my first loop in ten hour forty nine seconds. How does that compare um, to previous years? Actually, Tomo, um, I'm just looking. 2019, actually. I finished in nine hours fifty six minutes forty five. So seconds. quite similar, yeah. Yeah, so I did um, spend a couple of times uh, finding books in 2019. 
um, uh, but my pace was faster. So this year, I, I would say the, the first loop was a very nice uh, condition, um, runnable. So if I was not injured, I could have done eight hours, 30 minutes easily uh, without the bad knee. Um, so that would be much more faster than my previous years. And um, I, I, I love data. And um, like there's 18 finishes with 18, 15 finishers in the past. And the average loop one time is 8 hour, 22 minutes, 16 seconds. And, um, yeah. you know, th that, that means that if you're not finishing around that time, like you're not going to be finishing within 10 within the five loops you know that yeah. the data is already there like first loop you should be finishing around eight hours 22 minutes second loop 19 hours 11 minutes Three, third loop 31 hours fourth loop you should be on 45 hours then the last should be you should have like 15 hours to finish the final loop and stuff so that means if you're not near those numbers during your loops that means the data has proven the hit history has proven that you're, you're unlikely to get to fourth yeah. or five. When, when is the last cutoff so i think the loop three cutoff is 36 hours right um mm -hmm. and then 40 hours for a front run or 39 hours for a fun run um yes and what what about are there also uh, after when you get onto loop four or five which is where the leader gets to choose which route round they go and then everyone else has to go the opposite um direction um mm -hmm. what is the um are there any cutoffs from there for loop four and five or is it it's, it's 60 hours to do the whole five loops but is loop if four you, there a, a one as well if you want to do like five loops loop one should be under 12 hours each loop should be under 12 hours so loop one yeah. to 12 hours loop two 24 loop three 36 loop four 48 and then 60 hours. But um, if you want to do the fun run, the, the first loop should be under 13 hours, 20 minutes. The second loop should be under 26 hours, 40 minutes. And then the fun run is 40 hours. Got you. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but, but you couldn't, uh, you wouldn't be allowed out, which was what happened to Jasmine Paris, actually. She came in, I think, like 39.45 or something, didn't she? So she completed the fun run, um, but she wasn't able to go out on loop four because she didn't make the 36-hour cutoff, essentially. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so you um, you went out on, on uh, loop two after, um, and so your, does the rest time include in that 12 hours as well then? So if you got in at 10 hours, do you have to actually get out on the second loop before the 12 hours is up? Correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, correct. And um, I took about maybe 17 minutes. Um, so Anatoly, um, who was my crew, um, we met in 2017. Um, so just going back <laughs> to tell my story about why I, how I got into Barclay and start. Um, you're supposed to send an essay to us <laughs> on a certain day, on a calendar of the year, on a certain time. And then you're, you write an essay why you want to run the Barclay. The first time I sent the letter, I sent it on the wrong date. So last me 
to come on and raise his small Barclay, which is called Barclay Fall Classic, that's um, held every September in 2017. And he told me, if you run that and win it, you get a straight in um, to the bigs. So why don't you take a chance? And also, it covers some of the good courses for the bigs, and you'll learn about the course. So in 2017, when I went to the Barclay Fall Classic, I was second. And um, Anatoly was second as well. And uh, we, we kind of caught up each other two thirds of the way. And then uh, we became kind of friends during the race. Um, he was, um, um, he didn't have enough water and I gave him water and he gave his fig to me and stuff. And uh, we ran together and we second. Then we both got in 2018 and then became friends. And now 2019, he crewed me with other Japanese crews, Jiro and um, stuff. And then 2022, he crewed me again. So that's the story of Anatoly and me. And um, yeah, he was waiting at the gate rather than me going back to my camp because I have about 200 meters to my camp from the gate. So rather spending 200 meters back, 400 meters he set up my seat at the gate with all my stuff um, on the on the floor and had all, all my kind of hot food ready and uh, ready to go. So I, I was able to kind of make a, a quick turnover um, because of Anatoly. Yeah, got you, hmm. got you. So you did. So, but did you um did you use the two hours you had spare before getting out on the next loop? Um, or did you uh like how long did it take you in that transition? About 17 minutes. Oh, really? Okay. And you went straight back out again. Amazing. Um, and then uh, and then, how did loop two go? Because sp- were you running alone again for, for uh, loop two? Or did you wait and run with any- Was Did run- anyone run with you? Uh, no one was. Um, some guys I knew was before me and some guys were after me. But uh, during the, the way, I was mostly on my own. I did pass people. Um, mm-hmm. I, I passed past Paul Giplin, um on the way to book three. We were together with um, maybe um, two miles or so, but um, I just kept my own pace. And um, yeah, uh, we weren't together since then. I, I, I was in front of him. I did see some lights in the mountains ahead of me, but wasn't able to catch up with them. And at the end, I realized that they uh, they, they quit um, du- during um, the halfway point. Yeah, yeah there was quite a so, few like amazing runners that dropped out in that second loop. I mean, just looking through, you had like Courtney DeWater, like Harvey Lewis, who we talked about, um, who uh, who won the um, the Big World World Champs. Yeah, there was quite a few like people that did fast loops. Uh, you mentioned Paul Giblin and uh, and Guillaume as well. They all did like you know good fast sub ten hour loops. But then I think the second night was the, was the weather pretty. Uh, I understand the weather was pretty rough as well, right? Yeah. Um, after the th- uh, the second book, it started to kind of pour with heavy rain um and um the fog started to come out after that and um, it was constantly like raining uh, pretty much heavily and um it was pretty cold um as you know after three days after the barclay it snowed you know and um 10 days prior the barclay when i went there was snow on the mountains so uh, we were pretty lucky um 
it wasn't snowing. I guess the weather was bad, but I think yeah. um, we're. It could have been worse. Still, the the rain, this, the cold rain gets into your gears, and uh, once you're wet, um, you need to keep on moving, or else you're just gonna keep, get hypothermia. Yeah. And you obviously were suffering from the bad knee as well. And like, if that knee gets more stiff as well, I'm sure, did it start to get quite painful on that second loop? Yeah, um, it started to, the uphill was okay, but going downhills was really a pain. And that, during like my 100 mile races, I like to kind of bend my knee. And make sure my joints are okay and stuff but i wasn't able to bend my knee because it has so much pain and it was swelling and stuff um so um yeah uh, i just tried my best nevertheless with this knee um yeah try to try to do as the, the best as possible you know at what point did you know, know that the the fun run was loops. not going to be possible? Was there a time when on that second loop where it's like okay, like, was your navigation okay on the second loop? It was just your um, it was just your knee problem. There, there was two books that had problem, which Courtney and Steve had the problem as well. It was book seven, um, going down Leonardo butt slide. <laughs> um, it, you 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 go down to this river and then um, there's a kind of flat 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 place that uh, you need to find on the, on the uh, after you go down that ridge and um, there's several benches that you, you need to go down and if you you need to be on the right one to find that book um, you, you shouldn't be closer closer the river you should be a little bit away from the river um, I. I was less put on on the first loop, but somehow in the dark, um, I guess I wasn't concentrating as I should have. I wasn't able to find it. I was on the wrong bench. And then um, it took me about 40 minutes to kind of find the book. I was just going back and forth along this um, river, trying to find, locate the book. And um, um, I lost track of myself, but there's like rivers that you can uh, find that will meet up uh, with uh, like two rivers and you can relocate yourself from there. So I relocated myself there. And finally, when I was kind of get, getting too cold, I found the book and was like, oh my God. I was like, like I was going back and forth at maybe about 50 meters within the book, but I was just not right there. At that point, just going back and forth, just above, just below, just left, just right. And yeah, but I found the book and um, I was getting cold. So I got two poles. So I was, I had two poles going up butt slide and it's about 35 to 40 degrees in, in grade. So when, it, when it's raining, you're using your, your poles and then you're, trying to go up but you you step you you're three step forward two step down three step forward two step down you're trying to you're slipping so much so you're trying to find any tree that you're trying you, you want to grab on and then pull yourself up and then uh, trying to find uh, roots that are should they're they're less slippy 
and then up and up and up and it started to fog so I had I, I couldn't use my fog lamp with my hand so I had my fog lamp in my mouth trying to see above where is the good location that I should be going because it's it's a steep hill and it's the average should be around around like 35 to 40 but there's like steeps that are like 45 or 48 if you take the wrong route so you're trying to find the least steepest hill within that steep hill and then that makes a difference so I was like uh, yeah I had my fog lamp and seeing up in the trees where I should go and then going up that hill and um, yeah that fog lamp was a was a good decision that um, I took I learned from my past experience that uh, it has a yellow film on the on the like a car has the yellow fog lamp right you just make a similar light um, hand light um, with that, um, with putting a um, like a yellow see-through film on the top of the light, and it'll sh show yellow light, and you can see. It's, yeah, because otherwise, if you've got like a normal sort of like powerful headlamp, you just can see like the fog in front of your eyes, right? You literally can't <laughs> see anything. So, yeah, that sounds. And you knew at which point, um, Tommy? Did you know that it was going to be impossible to get out for the fun run? Um, at the last, so um, the last book is 14. I knew I was able to get into camp um, less than 26 hours, 40 minutes. So that, um, so that means I can go for the fun run. So I knew that I was going to able to go for the third loop um, during the whole time. But when I went to the prison, you know, there's a prison, uh, for, um, there's a book at the prison. I knew I wasn't going to make it within 24 hours with this condition. So I knew my five loop dream was over at the time when I was at the prison, but I, but uh, I knew that I was able to still make a fun run um, during the whole event, whole yeah. loop two. And so, but when you got back into camp or got back into mm -hmm. the gate, um, cause I, I, there's a video of like Laz saying like, are you going out for loop three? And you're like, and actually you ran into camp okay it looked like your knee was okay running in but obviously that's on a flat right going downhill must have been extremely painful but at, at what point did you decide oh look i think that's two laps for me is probably um all, all we're going to do today I, I was making my decision at the last book when i was going into camp um i said i, I was thinking oh, this is I, even though i have time to make a fun run with this knee. Like um, there's a there's there's a, a steep hill called everything's steep, but there's a <laughs> Rajo. Yeah. And then that's where that's, they've got all the briars in there, right? Yeah, that just tear yeah. you to pieces. Yeah. Um, it's the surface like clay, you know. Um, you've seen the uh, movie with um, the ghost. Demi yeah. Moore, yeah, when yeah. They do the clay, <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> making the pottery, yeah, yeah, making some. So I was falling multiple times, and yeah, and that was <laughs> it was horrible. Yeah, yeah. Um, sometimes I'm amazed that I'm not injured as much, you know. <laughs> and um, yeah, when going down, getting the last book, going down. Yeah, I was thinking that was kind of enough for me for this year with this knee. I didn't feel safe going out 
but still I wanted to do my best to get into camp um, with what I what I got. When I got into camp, um, everyone was cheering, Tomo, you got this and stuff. So I kind of changed my mind there whether I should go or not. So I tried to make my transition going into the bathroom where it has heat. So yeah. people go into the bathroom where it has shower and bathrooms. So I went in there. Um, since my body core was really cold, I got into the shower, tried to warm myself up, but somehow my body kind of refused to go back. Yeah. Um, like it's it's been a week now since I the Barclay has finished, so I have two two cards. One, I should have gone for the third loop, and I. I, I sure wasn't able to make a fun run with this knee. However, it was a counterclockwise loop. So I would have able to get to find the books counterclockwise and then get that experience finding the books just for the sake of me getting a five loop in the future, which I dream mm. of. Mm. So one of one side tells me that Tomo, why didn't you go and do whatever you could have with that knee? You were slow, it could have been pain. Why didn't you do that? Other side tells me <laughs> right now I'm having problem even walking and um, I'm on self quarantine right now, so I can't go to the hospital. So Tomorrow, will I myself quarantine that will finish. So I'm going to go to the hospital and see what's going on. And I am a running coach that um, I take, I coach every Thursday evenings for my team. And I run with the team. And um, of course, I'm a, I do online coaching. And I need to run with my clients uh, for one-on-one one, one -on -one sessions. And um, if... If I can't run, I'm... You can't do your job. I you can't, can't earn a living. Job. And more than a living, I can't spend time with my, my, um, my clients. And um, yeah. that kind of breaks my heart too. I can't just say I, I, I tried my best and um, <laughs> um, I, I, I shouldn't be... I should, I, if that was my client, I would stop them to, to go. Exactly. Through. That was the question I was going to ask you, Tomo. Like, what advice would you give, would you give to a, a client if they said, if they were to call you at that moment, Tomo, I really am in a lot of pain. I can't walk. Um, but it would be nice to spend a bit some more time on the course to learn. But yeah, I, I might not be able to run much for the next couple of months if I do go out and push this knee beyond what it's capable of. Um, what would you have told them? Yeah. So, like, I felt re responsible me trying to go out if I'm going to stop the client with the same reason, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't think you should beat yourself up over it, Tom. I think it was an amazing performance once again. I think you you would have learned a lot again. It's, it's unfortunate that you had in that, like, first stage or before that, like, after that first book had uh, hit your knee. But um, 
there i mean now you've like been consistent you did the fun run last time and you got two laps in this time and and would have would have completed a fun run no doubt had you um had you not have injured your knee and could have been in a really good position to do five next year it will still be there next year and um and uh but i can understand i can empathize i mean your lofty guy i sort of still feel the same about the four trails and i still want to go back if i can fly to hong kong and give it a go again but it still feels like ah oh, it's just too much out of reach and the amount of training that you know you're going to have to do to be able to then go and do it all over again next year uh, is um in a way quite disheartening but then uh um i've got no doubt that um that you'll be back there again next year to to give it a good go and uh um i i don't see you stopping until you've done it and what is also nice to see is that like some of the people that have finished it they have been in their like late 40s 50s it's not a uh it you know it's not like you're you're still in your your um your peak and your uh, and your prime to be able to achieve it from a from a fitness perspective and you've still got many more years to be able to do it to be at the peak to be able to achieve it from a physical perspective but as we've discussed from uh teramuchi and i uh, like doing this long distance stuff is so much more to do with the mental capacity side and you've got that in spades tomo son so um and your navigation and everything is just like that having that one lap on your own would be just as valuable uh, as having run with someone for three laps um so i think that that's a um yeah that's another really big positive you can take away from it Yeah, when I look back, uh, my first year was one loop out of the cutoff time, maybe 15 hours. Second year, I got a fun run in and I felt really good about it. Um, this year, it was a two loop. So it's like a one, three, two. It's like I'm not progressing, but that's just numbers. But if you're th if you're talking about finding books on your own, I was normally with constantly with someone on my past experience on the learning side trying to learn from them of course I was um, sometimes on my own but mostly I was with someone and this time I was on my own night and day in the fog in the rain and if you say if you put like finding books as numbers like finding a book with someone is one point finding a book on your own is three points i think two loops is two loops but i think i got the most points ever yeah. in the history of my barclay which i really feel proud of myself and i'm i'm glad i trained hard with my navigation um which i i wasn't good at Before the Barclay, I had nothing to do with navigation. But now I really have um, this confidence in myself uh, with the looking at maps and the compass and, um, yeah, dealing with Barclay, not dealing with Barclay, but as a trail runner, you should be able to read maps and you should be able to um, find, your set way, well, find your way out of the forest if you have anything so as a runner i think i've improved so um yes still i have a lot of things that i can improve i can find a lot of things that i can improve with fitness navigation um how i get the nutrition aid station stuff 
So I'll, I'll try hard again um, until I have the chance to run again. And I'm, I don't know if I get selected, but I am going to train like I was going to get selected. I can ne- I can't see Laz not uh, not bringing you back again. I think um, yeah, it's been a it's been a great follow and um, and yeah, was just uh, even just seeing those those tweets from um, uh, Mr. Dunn. I think his name is yeah on uh, on Twitter and just seeing like whenever just seeing your name come up, it just brings a like come on Tomo and like not being there, just being able to see that little bit of text is a uh, very proud of you as well. But um, Tomo, congratulations on, uh, on on giving an amazing shot. Um, it's always fantastic to catch up. I'm hoping that I'll be up in Japan sooner and finally get out for a run with you again. Um, I've got to go for work soon. So fingers crossed we'll be, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll get out in, uh, in in Tokyo. I might even come up to your your neck of the woods and uh, and come and run some parts of the TDT course with you. But um, yeah, always a pleasure, Tomo. Thanks so much for joining us. Yeah, thank you very much. And thank you for the guys listening to this podcast. And don't be afraid of making mistakes or failing. Try, try, try until you fail, fail, fail. Until, and, and then fail, fail, fail until you get that one success. That's a brilliant advice, Tom. And if people do want to reach out with you to or follow you, obviously your, your Instagram um, and, uh, and Facebook, what's the, what's the best pages to reach you on? Um, so Tomo, tomospit.com is my online coaching website you can come and see i do online coaching and instagram you can find myself under tomokazu ihara and facebook as well um yeah perfect good stuff tomo always a pleasure sir we'll speak soon okay thanks it's like the truthful story if they ever ask stop the complaining because things ain't that bad rick how you doing sir yeah, good to see you, Scott. It's been a while. It has mate. It's been uh, it's been a couple of months. We've been both been travelling, crazy work, crazy schedules, and actually we recorded with Tomo soon after he he did the Barclay. But one of the things that's been holding us back publishing is because like we've not been able to catch up as well. So well, you're fresh off or sort of fresh off your own return to racing as well. I, I wish I was fresh. I'm fresh <laughs> off getting COVID, so I'm definitely not fresh. But um, but yeah, I crammed in. Uh, I was in traveling through the US for work, and then a Vegas trip with the boys for our 40th, and crammed in a, a 50 miler at the, on the Pacific uh, Pacific Crest Trail. Uh, yeah, which was fun. It's good good to yeah, race in the US. Yeah, what was it like lining up on the start line again? you've got that sort of pang of nervousness as always that sort of race line sort of ah oh, am i in am i ready for this am i in a good shape and uh and classic uh, i i don't think i'll ever get past this of going out too fast on the first half it's uh it's something that i need to have drilled out of me but um but actually yeah right it, it was basically a 1800 meter run up a hill uh, on the pacific crest trail which is, I think it goes from all the way from the border with Mexico all the way to Canada, basically. And, uh, and so you just an early part of that. Yeah, it was beautiful. And um, you ran the first 25 miles. I was like in first position, sort of feeling really good, pushing and, and felt, you know, still checking heart rate, not wasn't pushing it too hard. Um, but my legs aren't just, just, I haven't been running hills. I've been running flats for the, for this year so far, pretty much. So, um, and then I, Running up hills when it's quite a, um, a rocky trail 
it's really because you don't lift your feet as high as I, I like kept on stubbing my toe on rock so you can see i've got like a, a, like a black toe and and uh, and i managed to jar my knee doing that as well so yeah the second half was was pretty painful just need to get your toenails taken off like me mate yeah i know i've uh, i was actually thinking that the other day because i think it was one of the last times i actually saw you was like straight after you had your toenails ripped off yeah, it's the sort of thing that like, the hardcore ultra runners do. I've got no excuse. They were just a bit of a mess, but yeah, they're gone. So, have you? Because um, you've been just getting, but after being injured for like the last two years, you've just started getting uh, started running a little bit. Yeah, it's been so nice to get back to doing even just a little bit, and just that cliche, but of just being so grateful to be to be moving again. Yeah, um, and certainly just seeing the events come back and travel come back across the region, and um, you know, you've signed up for vietnam mountain marathon and yeah it's uh it's exciting looking ahead and and just remembering what what we could do out here yeah yeah no um i mean but i've not run for the last two weeks having had covid and actually yesterday my first run in two weeks i i, I bunked into a hung way and um and he's also he's had like a foot injury he's like oh i'm beating you i've had three weeks without running and for him i i don't think he's um I think he's run every day for the last three or four years as well. So, um, I mean, he's probably had rest days, unlike someone we'll talk about in a minute. Um, but, uh, but yeah, he he did like the the mountain goat challenge, and um, and yeah, I think he came, he came sixth on the. Uh, it did 16 laps, and for those that don't know, it was a, a Ben Sui race in uh, in Singapore, e- effectively a um, a virtual. You had a month or a six week period to be able to. Um, no, it was a month from March to April, um, beginning of April, beginning of March to beginning of April, to lodge a uh, amount of laps around Bukatima. I think it was like a 4.5 kilometer loop, and um, and then the top ten got to battle it out for uh, for the overall winner on a um, uh, yeah in May, and uh, and yeah Hungway came um, I think it came sixth, um, and uh, and John Henri who. We had on doing round the island when he did a 200 kilometer with with Phil. Um, he came fourth. He actually had a tough run on that um, on the first one. He was pretty disappointed, but yeah, came back and on the on the sort of the finals, absolutely smashed it. He was um, yeah, that guy's an absolute beast. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'm not quite sure where um, uh, Hongwei came on the um, uh, on the the final. I think um, uh, I, I seem to remember that he sort of pulled out after. Yeah, he didn't. Um, yeah, um, he didn't finish in the top five in the. Uh, oh no, sorry, he came third. That's right. Yeah, he came third with 16 loops on the um, on the final. So still still podium. Um, and then Nancy, who was uh, the winner in the initial month, he he came uh, he came fourth. I think he had a bit of struggle on there um he's a phenomenal runner though nancy's um he's been just the king of bukatima for the past few years in singapore and he's uh um yeah he's been been just there every single day he's um yeah doing some crazy runs yeah well we need to get ben sui on i mean he sort of kept <laughs> sort of sustained a lot of people's sanity i think through covid with a lot of quite innovative and interesting events in singapore um so yeah it's been great to see people getting out for those yeah absolutely um and yeah we also had um the rinjani happen just last weekend which was uh yeah which is just i still believe one of the toughest races in asia yeah you've done that haven't you you went i did the 60 60k a few years back yeah and actually on that race i I met with um uh, roman grillo who um who we're actually he's we've got coming on the podcast next week actually so we're going to have a couple of consecutive weeks and 
and yeah he uh he podiumed the um the 117 kilometer um, and then there was a hundred miler that um that there were four finishers in total which is it's just i mean it will talk roman talks about it a bit next week um but yeah i think nancy had signed up for the 70 or k or so and uh and had a like had a rough time i think he had a, a dnf there i saw but um yeah that that's a tough race um yeah uh but yeah we've got vmm coming up vietnam mountain marathon i think uh when we had david uh it's been a race or the group of races the jungle marathon and um that we've we've been following for quite a while but um, yeah it's one of the one of the classics isn't it i think and i did the i did the jungle marathon with those guys four or five years back but that mountain marathon just looks up in sapper looks absolutely stunning yeah and and they've put in a hundred mile route as well so uh yeah, I'm actually I'm I'm going to be going up um, with Jean Henri as well. He's running the hundred mile. I'm gonna I've just spoke to Tomo again today. I'm just starting a uh, a twelve week coaching plan plan with him. Got to try and get in uh, get in shape for it. I'm a bit. bit so you'll scared. be uh, you'll be back down to book a team and then no doubt. I mean that's it. He's just like okay, you're gonna be uh, you're gonna have to be going up to book a teamer. So I might see. Uh, yeah, I might tackle Nancy for the king of book a book a team hill for the. Um, for the next couple of months but also I'm, I'm about to move offices actually just next door to um fort canning so uh we'll be able to mix be it up stairs, a little. yeah yeah be able to mix it up a little bit um but uh but yeah there's um uh there also a few other events going on you've got uh, i caught up with jerry as well for the first time in a long time um this weekend just gone and so jerry chewer and uh, fat bird events they've got a few things going on in singapore uh they've got um yeah she's got a night race going on at the um on the 17th of june just next week um which is uh, in fact sorry it's this weekend um which uh which looks fun i think um they've got around the cyclo course the um uh, the um uh, behind turf city and then it's got the and with the world champs of the uh, backyard ultras as well she's got the beach backyard ultra which yeah they're doing it the same format if you remember they did the format of every country where has had a race going on and all at the same time uh so that's going to be going ahead again in uh in october yeah it's all happening isn't it there really are the, the events are back people are competing and traveling for races and uh it just feels strange i mean i remember doing that podcast pretty early on in covid and we were sort of patting ourselves on the back at how well singapore was handling it thinking we were gonna you know a couple of months we'll be out the other side and then um yeah you know we were locked down and uh, shut off from the world and you know podcasts ran out of steam because there was just not much to talk about really yeah um, but it's just yeah it's uh, it's great that it's all coming back well i was just chatting to tomo as well he's racing uh, utmb in uh, in thailand in december as well so that's another big one coming up um uh, which yeah i'd, I'd kind of like to get up to that as well that would be uh, that would be great um but yeah all around the region the um the uh asia trail masters is kind of picking up again and so it's good to see um good to see that competition coming back to life and hong kong unfortunately i mean it's still it's still a bit virtual there at the moment aren't they i think um I mean, they yeah. do they are doing some some real life events but you know just for that domestic audience and i think it's still sort of wave starts and it's uh it's a little bit a little bit behind isn't it yeah they do have all those saying i mean that made me think about our race base um friends they do have nine dragons in uh malaysia in um coming up soon so that's uh that uh, 50 mile 50k um 
and I think yeah it's coming up in the next uh, next couple of months um, or so I should have double checked the date on that beforehand but um, uh, but yeah that will be um, it's, it's good to see that they've um, they've brought that um, brought that back um, well yeah let's uh, let's get out for some runs again um, it's been too long mate yeah no absolutely you can have to come and join me um, join me up in uh, uh, the Bukatima mate lap 77 Bukatima yeah come and do some laps um Good stuff, man. We're we'll, like good to catch up. We'll uh, we'll catch up another week or so because we'll have uh, Roman on. I'm excited to be able to, to be able to share that because yeah, good story of um of him running Rinjani and also he's got uh, a really interesting sort of running quest that he's going on at the moment, which is uh, which is a good one to share. Yeah, well, it's, uh, yeah. Sorry, it's been so long since we put an episode out, but I think um there's going to be more coming in the next in the next few weeks. So. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Nice one. Thanks very much. Tell the truthful story if they ever ask Stop the complaining cause things ain't that bad